when you talk about the experience, it starts with getting your people ready, prepping. What does it mean? What does the perfect experience look like in your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Define it. Have a process. Train on the process. I, I'm a huge believer in the only way that you can replicate success is to know what got you there. What's the recipe, right? Exactly. I can't use different ingredients every time and expect the thing to come out the same. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on a very special episode that we are calling The Bus Cast. I've done some podcasts in some pretty funny places. I've done planes, I've done trains, I've done automobiles. I have yet to do a bus. So this, we're calling this the bus cast. And it's not just a regular bus. No, it's definitely not just a regular bus. It is the largest party bus in the United States. And only in Texas. Only in Texas. Only in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. I can say it's, that. I'm a Texan. Okay, well, so there you go. You yeah. can't say that. Uh, hey, I'm, I am here with Roy from Wolfpack Mastermind. Roy, man, thanks for taking the time to jam with me. Of course, of course. Looking forward to it. I know we tried to connect at one point, I think, in Philly or something like that, and I didn't, right. get, I didn't get to go out there. So That's right. When, Philly. Now, that was an interesting time. Yeah. Sometimes I get misassociated with that other guy in the orange tie. I know. People always ask me, are you associated with him? I said, no, I'm just the guy that looks better in it. Um, well, you can tell the, the orange <laughs> is a common theme here. So I, I love it. I just, I love it. I fell in love with it. Anyways, anyways I digress. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, Roy, I love kicking off these podcasts. With a little origin story, because like I said, no one just wakes up one day and goes, huh, automotive. Yeah, that sounds like fun. So l let's hear it, right? How did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? You know, um, I love to tell this story uh, because there's a, it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There's twists and turns and you never know. No, uh, <laughs> man, my, my grandfather sold cars. My dad sold cars for a bit. And as I was coming up, my father told me never get in the car business. Don't do it. It's going to suck your soul the whole nine yards, right? So straight out of high school, I was, you know, a uh, supplement. I ran supplement stores for General Nutrition Company, and then I had an independent that I ran stores for. 18 years old, fresh out. Uh, and my cousin who worked with me got into the car business and showed up one day and showed me a paycheck. <laughs> and my ears perked up, and I said, you know what? They're telling me no. I still shouldn't do it. I learned how to prospect from that guy's boss. His general manager did not stop coming to see me until I agreed to go visit him in the store. Okay. To the point where he wanted to do the interview in my store if possible. And I had to be like, no, I'll, I'll come to you. Trust me. I'll show up. So here goes 18, 19-year-old Roy into the dealership. I interview with him. I love it. Fall in love with the process. Uh, but one thing that I found, uh, man, this is early 2010s, you mm -hmm. know, like two, mm -hmm. actually like 2010, uh, July of 2010. Um, when I jumped in the business, there was a big discrepancy, man. You had guys that had been there for 10, 20 years. Oh yeah. Huge veterans. And even more so now. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then you had hiring classes of 30 or 40 people that would come in and 90 days later, two of those guys are left. Yep. So I happened to be a referral who came in and I started at the same time as one of these onboarding classes. Uh -huh. And as fate would have it, I was the only one that lasted out of the whole deal, you know, <laughs> this, this whole time. Uh, I have a rare story, man. I sold cars for less than a year. It was 11 months. Uh, three or four months into it, I was teaching the uh, veterans how to negotiate. Okay. They said, man, we were at a, a Toyota store. This is back when invoice pricing, triple net, I mean, race to the bottom, you name it, right? 
Uh, we're doing the whole velocity thing too because velocity is huge at this point. So yep. it, gross is not in that conversation. <laughs> and I was at this Toyota store where the average per copy was, you know, maybe fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars, and I was making over four thousand dollars a car. There you go. And I wasn't three, four. I was you, selling. You got, you got bit by the bug. Oh man, I loved See, it. That's what happens, man. So it, it gets into your blood, and it's just you cannot get it it's out. It's infectious, <laughs> and, and to the point to where these veterans who were like, "Oh, this guy's a fluke," all of a sudden, I shit you not, I walked in one morning, and these guys pinned me in my desk and go, "Okay, you need to tell me how you're doing it. You need to show us how you're doing it." So I said, "Look, it's simple. I feel like we're consultants." I feel like we need to yes. consultate our customers and we need to provide them service and we need to give it to them. And then at that point, I can I can treat myself like an attorney or anybody else and say, hey, my time is worth money. And, and, I, and that's what attracted me to the business, too, was is that I didn't really feel like I was selling anybody anything as much as I was just sitting back and getting to know somebody yes. and consulting on what 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 their needs were well and, and i figured out really early like okay i need to do a really good investigation i need to act fact ask fact finding questions i need to figure out what's your hot buttons what are your dominant buying motives and how can i i don't want to say leverage what you're looking for but also you have my best interest at heart too for if sure. you win i win we all win right and my concern is okay can i make you happy can i make you a raving fan can i get you to tell your friends and family that i did so good that they want to come to me as well and i and i said this early and i use this with my clients now I will give the I'll take the Pepsi challenge with anybody else out there <laughs> to the point that when I was selling cars, Toyota store, right? Yep. Tundra was popular. Made in Texas. We loved it. I'm in South Texas in Corpus Christi. And if I had a customer that told me, hey, I want to look at a Ford, a Chevy or a Dodge, I would put them in my Tundra, drive them to the neighboring lot that was either one of those brands. And we would go in and say, OK, hey, I have a customer here. They're interested in comparing our vehicles together and Pepsi challenge. Let's go. We're on your court. Let's see what we can do. And I never lost one of them. Never so, lost yeah. a single one. I got kicked one. off a couple okay, lots. I was going to say, how did that go in a couple yeah, of those yeah. lots? I'm, I'm, I wasn't allowed back. Matter of fact, many years later, one of the GMs of one of those stores uh, needed a finance guy, and I wanted to break from the desk. And he said, look, man, you've never done finance before, but I've seen you sell. I need you in my store. So hated me one day, loved me the next, love right? The next. No. Well, that's the industry in itself right yeah, there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, man, I sold cars for 11 months. I got an opportunity. Two things. I love this. I tell I tell this to my dealers too. My general manager saw the hustle that I was doing and what I was doing mm -hmm. with our people. So we had an open floor Toyota, right? New and used. But for some reason, I was the only one that could only sell new. Nothing else. Okay. You did good with that. You can gross. Go to used. Okay. You did good with that. We're going to put you in internet. No ups. No just ups. internet. And I want you to still carry your per copy. So I took a little page out of Grant Cardone's book and I said, how am I going to keep my per copy strong when we're advertising these prices? We're giving the trade values. I need a way that I can still make some money because I think mm -hmm. I'm worth it. So 100%. video to the customer before all the information they need. Yeah. I'm not hiding a thing. I'm giving them all the info. They come in with a visit. The vehicle full transparency, to go. dude. That's 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 a beautiful process. It's funny because I think it, listening to your story, it's just like, man, this is a very very similar to mine. I got started a little earlier, but it's very very similar. You know, I was uh, one of the youngest guys in at the dealership. And they're like, you know, something about this intranet thing, right? <laughs> Intra <laughs> intranet. Yeah, sure, I know something about that, right? Okay, okay, okay. Well, we're we're getting these leads. These no, actually, you know the funny thing, they weren't called leads. This is, I, I, I get stuck on language sometimes, right? Yeah. And, you know, inquiries or form fills were actually what the reports were in early 2000s. Oh, wow. So it wasn't until mid 2000, all right, where all of a sudden 
these inquiries, because that's really what it was. The yeah. customer was just asking a bloody question. Yeah. Right? That was it. And all of a sudden, as I don't know, it was an industry probably marketing, you know, we love screwing stuff up. So, <laughs> um, you know, and all of a sudden they say, I call leads. And I'm like, whoa, no. I mean, maybe it's me. I get caught up in leads. <laughs> anyway, so look, uh, I do want to get into some of our topics. Yeah, I sure, love, sure. I, we're going to talk about retention, which honestly, man, one of my favorite topics. And whoo, yeah, retention definitely not been on the forefront of a lot of dealerships processes. Some, don't get me wrong, some, some. are amazing. Okay, but last few years, I have really seen process. I mean, sorry, process of retention, uh, people's people's kind of uh, thought and mindset around t- attention, and then just a total lack of technology. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about retention. We're gonna split it into three categories: people, process, and technology. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about the people element of retention, because honestly, I think it's one of the most important ones. I'd love to get your thoughts. So this is how I look at my people, and and. Man, I, I spent a lot of time on the retail side. I spent a lot of time as a high-level manager. I was uh, nationally ranked with Lithia. I spent a lot of time with those guys. I've I've gone through a couple of buy sells where I've developed a store for somebody, gone on, done it again, done it again, done it again. And I built my business off of referrals. I didn't go looking to do this. People yep. came to me and said, hey, will you help us? Yeah. Right. Uh, one of the things that I pride myself on is when I walk into a store, whether it was on the retail side that I was taking over, now that I'm coaching, I evaluate my staff. And I need to know what their performance is. I need to get to know them one-on-one. I need to know what makes them tick. It's not just money these days. Mm-hmm. Time off. Some people are just thirsty for knowledge. Yep. Right? So I need to know who they are. And I keep this. And people laugh at me, but I have a, I have a ton of notebooks, com- composition books, right? <laughs> so on my people one, I look at my people like bank accounts. All right. I need to deposit so much into them. So when it comes time to withdraw, there's no negative balance. I like that. It's good. And if you worked for me, I was a, a tough one to work for because I, I demanded, you know, not perfection, but close to it. Mm-hmm. But I trained you. I educated you. I took care of you. I stood up for you. I did everything I could to know that you had. I had your back. Yes. So in turn, and I love that you say when this whole thing shifted and, and, and the uh, 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 pandemic started, right? Mm-hmm. I started to see people were taking I'm not I'm going to say that. I'm uh, sorry if I offend anybody <laughs> taking advantage of some people with some uh, outrageous addendums and market adjustments and hey it is what it is i looked at my people and i said look guys here's what we're going to do we're going to provide an amazing experience i'm going to give you all the tools to do so and then instead of going online or going on our commercial and saying hey best price lowest this no money down i promise you we're going to give you a better experience than anybody else in the coastal bend Mm -hmm. i'm going to write this giant check but we need to make sure we cash out on it because there's one thing i learned these guys there's two ways you can make money in this business right Having a car that nobody else has and charging an aggressive amount Which of money we, over. Which we saw a lot of that happen. Yes, yes, yes. Or yes. providing your customer with the best experience possible and then asking for the money. And, and you know what? And I love the fact that you use the word experience because, you know, it is really our people yeah. that execute on that. They, look, they are our, our first impression. All right. They are they're the glue that kind of keep these keep our clients coming back to our dealerships on a regular basis. Like, you know, I love it. You invest. You need to put into that emotional bank, bank account. account. All right. So they feel vested in the experience. Well, and if they feel vested, they're, that's going to trickle into the customer. In a market here these past couple of years where people and salespeople were making all time record grosses. Right. So there, there are some stores. you got guys selling five cars, making eight, nine, ten grand. Yeah. And, and, and a dealer always asked me the same question, Roy, how do I get them past that? And how do I motivate them? How do I get them to sell 10, 12, 15 like they used to? Then what I tell them is, guys, when it's all about the paycheck, they're missing purpose. 
And that purpose comes from how, how can I develop you? How can I teach you? So if a store's goal is 300 cars, everybody in that store needs to scream 300. Yep. Tommy doesn't need to be worried about 10 or his eight grand. He needs to be worried about, can we hit 300? How do I do that? I have to keep them involved in it as much as possible. I love the fact that you, that you look, you're 100% right. And I think our industry really struggles with this because our industry is, um, it's a culture of superstars. Yeah. Okay. You know, and we, we kind of talked a little bit earlier, right? Where you have, you know, those couple older guys or ladies that are in the dealership and they make up this portion of every month's sales. And then you got the team that does this portion and then you got your team that does this portion. And, but as an industry in the past and specifically with our pay plans, we have rewarded superstars superstars hit their numbers not our numbers that's what you, you know well and, and i love you said that i want to build on that those superstars are usually who you promote right the store goes oh yeah that's another funny thing isn't that always kind of funny it, yes like, but hey I, you sell a lot of cars so let me take you out of that and make you a manager but i, I and i and i look at it and i say okay that superstar i just had a conversation with one of my dealers in the hall yesterday and i said look and we're looking at promoting somebody i said he goes who do we promote i said don't look at the numbers don't look at the numbers yeah. what i need you to do is look at the person that embodies your culture there you go. When you look at the guy and you say, that is whatever, you know, Roy Davila Motors, that guy resembles Roy Davila Motors. Mm -hmm. That needs to be my next leader because I know when things happen, he's going to continue to build that culture. And what I talk to dealers about today, and, and I think if you're listening to this, please pay attention. If you want your staff to have purpose, if you want them to, to go out there and, and give your customers an amazing experience, it doesn't just fall on them. No. When we got hired... Dealers, managers looked at us and said, hey, we don't sell the car, you do. So if you don't sell cars, I don't make money. I don't make a living. 100%. Flip that mindset. That person coming from wherever they came from, vitamin cells or whatever it is, right? That person coming in is trusting on you to give them the tools and knowledge to be able to deliver what you're asking for. Yes. Right? So one of my, my things when I was a GM and a GSM and a platform guy, I looked at my managers and I said, look, I never want to hear you get on Tommy if you haven't taught him. And I don't mean we talked about it once in a meeting. I mean, you continually trained and trained and trained and trained. Now, if that's an issue, then we need to figure out, is Tommy the right guy? But I promise you, nine times out of 10, if you develop them right, that's gonna, they're, they're going to come along with it. The other side of it is my stores, if you walk into one, you'll know it because the managers are so proactive. I tell my guys all the time, look, if I see a staff that's lazy, that's complacent, that's fine with getting by, that's a direct reflection of leadership. Yep. Direct reflection. If I walk into a store and people are greeting everybody and they're moving and they're hustling and bustling, I guarantee you that leader's doing the exact same thing, right? But it's, it was so easy for guys before to say, oh, this guy's lazy or he can't hold gross or he can't do this or he can't do that. <laughs> Man, if, when I was on the desk with my guys and as a GM, I stayed on the desk with them. I wanted to know what was happening. I would say, look, if I heard too much back and forth going on, I looked at my guy, my manager and said, hey, up and out, go. It, look, it's a teacher's responsibility. Yes. You know, it was so funny. I talked to my kids and um, I have a maybe a not so mainstream uh, opinion on our education system. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm with you. Maybe specifically the school system. My kids are not. <laughs> um, shout out. I'm going to get in trouble. For that. <laughs> um, but, but no, um, if they are not succeeding, all right, the failure I think is more on the teacher than it is on the student. Oh, right? 100%. And, and, and I know I think some people are going to disagree with me on that, but I think that is the sign of an amazing leader because they look at that and say, look, it's, it's not 
that you haven't yet to comprehend what I have taught you. I have just not taught you in a way for you to comprehend. And that's an insanely different mindset. You can't teach a fish to climb a tree. No, you can't. You can't. can't. <laughs> no, you you, you got to teach him what he's good at. And <laughs> here's the deal. How many times have you sat in a dealership or seen someone say, hey, if I could just get these guys to get them to paper, if yep. I can get them to like the car enough to put them on paper, I'll take care of the rest. And then you get Tommy, who is really good at that, but isn't comfortable negotiating. And when he comes into the tower, you hear, hey, you're weak, you're this, you're that, seven days a week. You know, yeah. the, the, the all, And it's like, not too long ago, you were wishing to have somebody get it here. Get up, go get involved, and go help. Right? Exactly. So I think when you talk about the experience, it starts with getting your people ready, prepping. What does it mean? What does the perfect experience look like in your eyes? Right. Mm -hmm. Define it. Have a process. Train on the process. I, I'm a huge believer in the only way that you can replicate success is to know what got you there. What's the recipe, right? Exactly. I can't use different ingredients every time and expect the thing to come out the same. So <laughs> I got to have a process. I got to train on it. Everybody needs to know it like the back of their hand. And my managers better know it better than my salespeople know it. And they yes. better be able to go do it better than they can. So I teach my guys since I was in the store level. And now that I'm coaching, I still tell them when you get promoted, the thing that helped me the most, and I kept this mindset, and I said, Roy, don't ever lose it, please. I don't shed responsibilities. So if I was mm -hmm. a salesperson and I was responsible for appointments, car deals, referrals, the whole nine, I became a floor closer. I still had to do those things. Of course. I became a sales manager. I still had to do those things. And my guys would, the other managers that were older than me would tell me, why, why are you doing that, Roy? Like, that's their job. I said, how can I ever expect them to follow me if I'm not setting the tone? Exactly. And, and how can I go coach them? I don't want to coach them about things that were going on when I was selling cars. I need to coach them about relevant things that are happening now. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm in the mix and I know what's happening. Exactly. Right? I can go out there and, and, and if all I'm talking about is 10 steps to a sell every day, but I have no idea what's happening out there. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me, right? Because dealers are telling you and tell me if you hear this right now, especially. Oh, man, negative equity is at an all time high. We're, I, I, we had a bunch of traffic. There's negative equity all over the place. Man, we, I, I don't know what to do. But when's the last time you trained your people on how to handle well, okay. this? Let's talk about that because that does bug me a little bit. So it's like we have an equity problem. Do you? Or did you have one and you're just now doing something about it? 100%. Right? I'm telling you, I, and I, I've met some amazing dealers, all right, that have already been proactively making uh, adjustments or uh, optimizations or, you know, slight tweaks to their people, to their process and to their technology knowing that look, that it's coming yes well and we're in 2023 right do you know how many customers still think that the down payment goes into the the salesperson's pocket or goes to the dealership or <laughs> that, you the know 100 percent. how know. The, the, <laughs> so okay we've got a negative equity no you have a hard time explaining to your customer and educating them how to put them in a good position exactly. right uh how many times do you walk into a store and they say we don't like leases i don't like leases well why because i can't make money on them are you, that's, that's a leadership issue right there, uh, for sure. Heavy, for sure. right? So, no, I, I, but it, we can go on to that for hours. The process, I think, is, is so important. You have to get your people engaged. you got to teach them where we're going. And then your leadership has to be so engaged that they're developing the next. Like, when somebody gets promoted to that position, they shouldn't go, okay, what do I do next? Exactly. I know what it is because I've seen it, right? I clearly know. And what I tell my leaders, too, especially this past year, they're making good money. You know, people are coming in, supplies low, demands high. And I'm telling them, look, you don't want this to happen. The market's going to flip. Your guys are going to take a pay cut and they're going to have to work harder <laughs> to make the same or less money. Right. And then you're going to get turnover because they're going to go, this isn't worth it. I'm not making the same, whatever the case is. So let's get them used to 
working our process the way they need to. I don't care. Let's do some fact finding. Let's give somebody, let's go demo the car. Let's butterfly it. Let's, let's do all these things, right? Let's give an amazing experience and maybe we'll make more money. And then when the tide turns, we're going to be prepared for it, right? It's being proactive with your people. It's being proactive with your process and your technology. Roy, I know, look, we're at the the tail end of our time. I'm confident we could easily jam, man. For another hour, if not more, on these topics. I love your passion, by the way. Thank you, brother. Really, really love it. Hey, but before I let you go, though, for everyone out there watching and listening right now who would love to connect with you, maybe learn more about yourself or follow along with your journey, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, Honestly, I'm like a majority of us in in the auto industry. Uh, Some would call me Facebook famous, I guess they say. (laughs) No. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. I'm on there constantly, lives, content, content, content. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, just find me, Roy Davila on facebook i've got wolfpack mastermind on there as well or linkedin uh, yeah that's awesome man hey thanks so much for taking the time to jam with me this has been a lot of fun right i appreciate you having me brother thanks thanks for tuning in to the matador podcast with your host jason harris be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know remember to like comment and subscribe